you're going to get into a relationship, then you have to be willing to not only love the person they are in front of you now, but to love all of the people they become through the process. Because they won't be the same person six months from now or a year from now, even tomorrow. They'll be a slightly different version because every day we're changing and growing. So you have to walk in with the understanding that I love you, who you are today and I will learn to love all of the people you become. That's being willing to like have that growth in that relationship. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Modern Mask Unity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a powerful man in the modern era. I'm your co-host, ZK. And I'm A-squared, a.k.a. Anwar Ahmed. And today, we're going to open up the gate to relationships and what that looks like. But before we do that, you know what time it is. Moochek! Hey, yo, Coach Kyle. How's it going, man? How you feeling today? I went a little higher there. Did you like that? I think, I think you're going to get at this. I really tried to embody the more I carry compliment I received. Yeah. <laughs> don't, get, don't get too used to that. All right. Damn it. All right. I'll try. I got to get better. Uh, I feel good. I feel good. Uh, listen, relationships are a interesting conversation from my history with them. And so I am both nervous and excited to share kind of where I stand with it. Not only do I have a lot of, well, it might sound a little weird. Not only do I have a lot of experience with relationships, but... I love talking about relationships. I love supporting people in their relationships. I love having conversations around this. Uh, it's just a, it's a really cool concept, having two people be in the same space and trying to navigate what that looks like. And so I'm, I'm really excited. So I feel really good. I feel really good about this conversation. How are you doing? Yeah, I think like it's, I kind of say, kind of share the same, like I've always loved, like I loved my friends come to like for me for relationship advice. And it's like this, this ongoing joke in my group that like I've been in the least amount of relationships and I am often in the relationship advice <laughs> conversation. Uh, but it's just, I love this. I love the, the, the duality of a relationship. I love these two different, like, you know, personalities and character traits and kind of like picking it apart. Like it's a bit of a game to me. Like I find it fun. I find it interesting. And, um, we try to find these different ways of going about relationships and we have a lot of like self ideas of what we think. One thing I've learned about relationships is that there is no right way. There is no one way. Um, and so I've had to learn to like not give biased opinion on relationships and have to kind of work through like, you know, being unbiased in my, my advice or in my own relationships. Just, um, so I just think it's an interesting conversation. I think men don't talk about it as much as women do. Um, I think that's the biggest elephant in the room. Like, I think that when you watch a man go through a breakup or you watch a woman go through a breakup, there's different ways that we kind of go about it. You know, Um, I think sometimes men just shortchange the experience real quick. Boom, cut it off. We don't talk about it. We try to not learn about it and we keep it moving. And then we see this like repetitive pattern of failure, you know, Um, and that's kind of just stems off of what we've always been talking about is this idea of not trying to address the elephant in the room. So I think it's an interesting conversation. I'm really excited to kind of have that conversation and also just kind of break some stereotypes of, uh, you know, dating for myself. Uh, a lot of realizations that I, I've had over the years. Beauty. Absolutely. Great point. And so with that, we want to work off of last week's PQ, which was uh, now that you've either been single or in a relationship for the last 11 months of quarantine and lockdown, has your perspective on relationships or dating changed? And if anything has, what has changed? And so I think to start this conversation, we have to first know where we began before lockdown even started, before quarantine started and where our lives were and how we looked at relationships then before we can recognize what changed, right? We have to know the before, before we know the after. So 
I don't know about you, but for me, quarantine was a space I spent solo and solo as in like, I didn't even have a roommate. So it wasn't even just the fact that I didn't have a intimate relationship. Like I didn't have any direct relationships in my space all the time where you did, you had a, you had a roommate the whole time. So I think that the conversation isn't just about intimate relationships. I think it's about all relationships and the relationship with self we've already talked about. Like every relationship was in question over the last 11 months. But before that, I'll, I'll leave the question for you. Where or how did you walk into the com- the quarantine and lockdown with your mindset around relationships? Like where where did that stem from? How has relationships in your past looked like leading up to that moment? I think that for like relationships for me, I've always kind of struggled with this idea of thinking that, you know, being in a relationship might slow me down from getting to where I want to get to. Um, well, that's interesting. Slow you down. Yeah. This, what just, way? this is the idea that I understood that relationships were a lot of work. And I think this is a lot of things that this is a lot of something that men subscribe to often. You know, when I talk to a lot of other guys that we have this idea that if you get into a relationship, the work that it's going to take to maintain that is going to take you away from the work of what you're trying to accomplish. And because, you know, I'm around, you know, high ambition people and they want to get to like these big dreams and we feel like the workload that's required, the effort that's required to, you know, meet that workload is a lot. And therefore if we, you know, give it up to, you know, building a relationship, it might slow us down. But then the lockdown really kind of taught you that it's just, well, what's around when work isn't around? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What's yeah, around absolutely. when life isn't around? And that was kind of the the thing I was faced with was the idea of, damn, like when I'm not doing that thing, what's around? You know, a lot of us were not leaning on things like work or the gym or we weren't leaning on nothing. We we're leaning on a partnership. We we're leaning on someone you could look at and say, I love and like, you know, camaraderie and, and I just realized how apparent it was that that wasn't around for me, you know? And I, and I, I just felt a little bit embarrassed that I would let such a, such a mindset of, you know, it's going to slow me down. Um, cause when you're just faced with it all at once, you realize, damn, I've put no reps in trying to even get that because I've closed it off so hard. I've put in zero reps. So this idea that I'm going to like focus on this to, you know, focus on my career or focus on whatever, to ultimately get to a place where I can get the relationship. It's just a backwards ideology to me. And I realized now after the, you know, the pandemic, it really kind of hit me is I'm, I'm, I'm almost waiting for future love. You know, I'm, I got to get this and then I'll get this and you can't do them together where ultimately the pandemic showed you if you're had a relationship and everything was gone, you still had something that life had meaning. Like you still had that relationship mm. and some people's relationship got tested you oh, know, absolutely. some people's relationships, it was like, do I like you without all the distractions? Do I love you without all the other things going on in my life? Do I love you for who you are? Do I like you for who you are without all the bells and whistles? You know, when everything is quiet and it's just me and you, what do we like? It's a true test of living together. And some people pass that test and that's great. That's an awesome, you know, hill to get over for a relationship. And some people's relationship was really built on bad foundations and it, you know, it's hard to show. Mm. Um, and for me, it was more so just, I haven't built any foundation. That was the <laughs> elephant in the room for me was damn, man, I really did not prioritize. Um, and there, I've met a lot of cool people in my life too, you know? So it's how many, how many doors have I closed on myself, you know, at this expense of thinking that I need to save all my energy for all of these things because they matter more and they'll make me more, um, happy. 
the pandemic just kind of said, hey, listen, that mindset might be a little flawed. Maybe go back to the drawing board on that one and mm. uh, reassess. That's kind of the realization I had in the in the quarantine. I like that. That's good. I, I resonate with that in the sense that uh, I think the I've always thought the opposite. I felt like um, relationships will speed me up rather than slow me down. So I would I liked to he- hearing mm. your like perspective on what that was because um, yeah, we're just just different ways of uh, why speed you up because that's the opposite mindset so i'd be curious to why would it speed you up uh i felt like there was always someone that would support and give different ideas and challenge in a different way on a more personal level than most would so that would push me farther and it would force me to elevate as a person so rather than elevating my business or my career or you know my future goals or whatever it would force me to focus on my character a lot more and who i wanted to be and who i wanted to become and who I really was. Uh, relationships really show you who you are to your core. And that's what's something I've always valued more than anything is who am I at my core? And in a relationship, if if I have a relationship, that really shows me that so I can build everything from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And I find that that, although took effort away from you know the business or the career or what have you, um, I was okay with that because I was more focused on the the internal work than the exterior work at that time. And so I just wanted to make sure that I was becoming the best human possible. And in a relationship that really helped me because like I said, those people really support you in knowing who you truly are and they're a mirror to you, right? Everything you do, they see mm-hmm. every way you act, they see, and you get to see that because they're just re- reflecting it back on you. If you do something bad, they show you, if you do something good, they show, they tell you like it's uh, this whole back and forth feedback loop, which is so powerful. So it's constantly ringing in that feedback if you're willing to take it, of course. Of course. There's not always times where you're willing to receive it, but it's always important and vital and helpful. So I think that's why I felt like it would um, speed me up in a way. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, in the few relationships that I've been able to be in, I always say that there's no one who knows you and that's like, there's no one who knows you more than that person. You know, there's only so much your friends can give you. There's only so much information your parents can give you. That person is really seeing you for who you are because you're trying your best usually most of the time you're 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 being authentically who you are you're holding either certain things that you don't want them to see or and they can sense it they can feel like why are you not why are you closed off here why are you not so willing to do this and all those small little things do make you a better person you know so um i've always said but i did i do grow up like really religious and i grew up in a culture where dating was not a thing Mm. you know so that's something I had to really navigate because... So did that stop you from pursuing that? Like Hell yeah. Hmm. It was one of the bigger reasons why I had to like, you know, in my mind was just so against dating um, because I'm in this weird like position because I feel like dating is the best way to find out about yourself and who you want to date long term. That's what I think the best strategy is for me. But from like the cultural and religious standpoint, it's, you know, you just work on yourself without dating and then you get to a point where you want to marry and then you just start seeking out marriage and then that's it. Mm. The dating world does not, there's not existence. You're, you don't figure things out in a back and forth to somebody else. Um, and did you come from a space where it was arranged for you? No, not in a, I don't think, I mean, my mom was in an arranged marriage. Okay. Um, I think, you know, the arranged marriage is probably in our culture. Um, there's very, just little dating. I know that there's, you know, you'll go, um, families will be able to like know the kind of kids that are around and they'll pair people together. Right. Um, it's not forced. It's not like that, but you have to go and seek out the, you know, permission from the parents and to ask them, but there wasn't any dating. You might not even know this person very well mm. at all. And in North America, it's the opposite. North America, you pretty much like date forever until you're like 
I'm committed now. You know, right. I'm going to propose right now because I've put you through seven years of the test right. and you've passed the test. There's just very little test in the culture that I grew up in. And so when I grew up, there wasn't a very, um, there wasn't very much, um, I guess, encouragement to date. So you're closed off there. Um, then I started living on my own. I had to become my own man. So I was like, you know what? I don't, I want to date. I want to try it. I want to try dating. So I did it. Um, and then it was the other, you know, mindset, the other blockage was, I was like, you know, I think dating is going to hold me back, you know, because I went through a couple of relationships. They were a lot of work. You know, I wasn't really, maybe I wasn't, um, ready for the amount of work or challenge that it could be. And so I thought, okay, now my goals right now, when I reassess my goals, these are my main goals. I want to focus on, you know, um, these goals instead of a relationship and you just close that door off again. And I'm already, I'm kind of serving my culture and my religious values by closing that door. Cause it's like, you're not supposed to be dating anyway. Right. So it kind of aligns. It works well to kind of have that mindset. But ultimately I think long-term it just divorce rates are getting high. Um, which is crazy. There, I, I don't know if there's an, like, you know, it's an actual, but they're like the div- divorce numbers in um, North America are really high. And that's where a lot of dating and a lot of self discovery like there is a lot more, there's less, there's more encouragement to date and right. really pick your person. Less rigidity, less structure behind the concept. Yeah. And there's a ridiculous high divorce rate. So right. it's kind of confusing. You know, it's like if maybe you're, maybe it goes back to what you were saying there about like not taking the feedback then, mm. you know, you're, maybe you're just like taking your, you're not listening to what's being said to you and you're just kind of carrying it over to another relationship, another relationship. And it's just more of a pattern. And that's why the same result is happening. Um, but yeah, I find that you know, for me, it was, those are the two, the two things I've held back my ability to kind of date and find uh, a partnership or a relationship is this idea that in my culture, it's not really viewed dating is kind of viewed as taboo. Um, and then this idea that it's going to slow me down. Um, I think a lot of men have that. I've, I've had conversations with other men that are just, I just don't want a relationship right now. That's too much work. I'm busy. Right. I'm busy. I'm this, I'm that, you know? And so, so to those men, cause I know a few of those men as well, what is something that you would share with them? If like, say some random came up to you, some random guys like, look like I'm, I'm so focused on this and this. And you know, if I do get into a relationship, it will, I know it'll slow me down. Uh, what would you say to them if they came to you with that? Think about what you could gain. Think about what you could gain. Stop thinking about what you're going to lose. Hmm. Think about what you can gain, you know? Imagine having someone to support you through some of your uh, more emotional times. Imagine to have someone to support you and show you love in those times of, um, you know, adversity. It's, it's the difference between being in that apartment by yourself and, the diff- and having someone there with you. You know, this ability to be motivated by something else outside of yourself. Sometimes you find motivation in other people. It's, you know, when that accountability that we talk about in all these podcasts, having that accountability partner is someone who, and who's someone who loves you, not just someone who's just here for a transaction or, um, you know, is I'm, I'm your, I'm your personal trainer right now. So I'm your accountability coach. Cause you pay me different when I love you. Mm-hmm. When your accountability coach is someone who loves you or cares about you, different vibe, whole different vibe. So I think that the shift is stop thinking about what you're going to lose. Think about what you're going to gain. And once you start viewing things like that, cause the people that I know who are in really good relationships and they're successful. Oh man. First. And also just, if you're single and you need to, you know, you're dating and that's cool. Be your thing, but don't be closed off to the ability of being committed. Cause that word we're allergic to some, for some, some, for, for some weird reason, we're allergic to co- commitment. And commitment to anything, commitment to a diet, commitment to a, a, like a, a ritual, commitment to faith, commitment to, we're so fragile with this word. We're scared to commit because we're scared that we're going to fail if we commit. That's like the big thing. If you commit to something and it doesn't work out, oh, I got to deal with that. And I feel like commitment represents to a lot of people that there's 
that you remove, you're removing freedom of choice. Exact big point. Hey, you have you're committed to something, which means you have no choice of anything anymore. I'm committed to a diet, means I don't have I don't have choice anymore. As if all of a sudden it disappears, and I think it's it's just it's not the way that that works. You know, commitment. Uh, I passionately believe in that concept of the commitment, and so that's why I wanted to attach to that and not move forward with it because uh, I really think that it's just not understood well, and I think that people take it in a context of that it removes freedom and that you'll lose a bunch of stuff. And like you said, you're focusing a lot on what you'll lose and not on what you'll gain. If you do commit, if you do commit to that diet or that lifestyle choice, what are you going to gain? Forget about what you're going to lose. Cause that doesn't matter if you really want to do it. You're really invested in it. Then you'll commit cause you know what you're going to gain and focusing for another language to add to that is what you do want, not what you don't want. So what do I want to happen if I do this, if I commit to this? And I think that's a huge component of relationships. And for me, I grew up with what was perceived to be lack of commitment uh, with interchanging relationships with my family and my mom uh, and my auntie, just the way that their lifestyle grew up based on how they were, they were taught. There was just interchanging relationships happening as I was seeing it was growing up. So I was conditioned to see that. And so for me, I didn't latch on necessarily to um, the interchanging part. It was very much more of the commitment, but I didn't know what that meant. That was what I found funny about myself growing up is I had no idea what that actually meant. I just, it was very much talking the talk, not walking the walk and understanding what that meant. And I ended up becoming a serial dater because I didn't understand what commitment fully meant. So it was a really interesting change, but I never felt like if I was committed to somebody that I didn't have freedom. I think if I felt like I didn't have freedom, it was because I was with somebody who took away my freedom. Mm -hmm. That's where I think it's different. If you're going to be in a relationship and that person is actually trying to take away your freedom by not allowing you to do certain things as if allowing is even an option, not allowing you to do certain things, then of course it feels like your freedom's taken away. Of course. And that needs to be addressed, but that's not every scenario. And if you walk into this scenario with that mindset, you're focusing on what you think you're going to lose which is a story you're creating for yourself rather than what is actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that like something that came up for me while you were talking there too, is something I really struggle with is this idea that I need to be perfect to date somebody too. Oof, preach. And I'm sure a lot of men and listening to this can resonate with that. I think that, and, and I don't, it doesn't make it any easier when talking to men about that t- situation. You know, like if I were to have that conversation with the guys, it's just going to be, yeah, man, focus on you, man. Get the, you know, get your money up, get your weight up. <laughs> like it's, it just continues to fuel this idea that you're not perfect yet. Just get to that point and then dating will become easy. You'll yeah. Have keep your, working. Yeah. Just keep working at that craft. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's only when I started, it's only when I started talking to women that I realized that like that whole thing is just so incorrect. Yeah. Like I've had women tell me like Anwar, like women want to be a part of your growth story. I don't care about your finish line story. Like I want to be the person who like helped you get to where you got to like, like it's okay to not be where you want to be. It's the idea that you're going somewhere that I'm more attracted to, you know? And that gave me a lot of peace of mind. Like, Oh, I don't have to be ready to date you. Like I could just date you with who I am and just where I'm going. is good enough. The storyline of what I'm trying to do with my life is good enough. And so that was a lot of stuff that I struggled with, but women taught me that it was okay. Like they were like, your perception of us is incorrect. Mm-hmm. You think that you need to be perfect for us. We don't think that way. We just want to align with someone who is going in the right direction and stands for the right things. And we could be a part of that journey. We can grow together. Same thing with like men and thinking that they need to be financially in a certain spot to, you know, attract a woman. I feel like I, that's where I call, that's where I catch myself sometimes is 
Now like, I've met people that I've been like, man, I would love to have a real conversation with that person about like taking, but I'm not at the place yet. I'm like, I, I don't feel like I could talk to that girl. You know what I mean? Because who am I? How many other guys are talking to her that are like at way better levels than me? You know what I mean? Or whatever the case may be. And so you just kind of sit in that loneliness for so long until, so you're, all I see is just this dude in the dark working quietly thinking, if I can just break through this wall, then I'll be able to like do what I want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's such a limiting way of living your life because you can do what you want to do right now. You know what I mean? There's just a level of confidence and understanding that the other side isn't expecting that from you either. They're trying to find someone that they feel aligned with, that they feel, because it's so crazy in the beginning of a relationship, right? It's this idea that um, I'm buying you dinners and I'm whatever. And then the, the facade is there, whatever both facade is, you know, like her, her picture of what she's trying to show you and your picture. Of what you, and then you get past that line and then it just becomes so like, all right, cool. Like, like we don't have to, I don't have very much money to afford this. Like, can we just do this? And then it just becomes, it just becomes a relationship. You mm-hmm. start to talk, but so many people can't get past that wall, that original barrier, that original interview. You know, I'm not even going to apply. Why would I apply? I don't have any other, I don't have any of the, 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 the prerequisites for this, mm-hmm. you know? And I use an example of, I use an interview example in a lot of ways. Um, and maybe this will resonate to the men and the women is I find that dating to me is like, women are the businesses and men are the, the candidates. And so we go and spray our resume everywhere. Resumes are being handed out. Resumes are being handed out. And women, they're the ones that are like reading the resumes and kind of picking the ones that they're going to interview. Like, okay, these are the DMS. These are the, I'm at the, I went to the, I'm at a restaurant and people are talking to me, right? If you're a business, I want to work at your company. You know, there's not that companies don't just chase candidates. You know what I mean? It's like, you're coming to me. Let's say it's a successful business. And so for women, the position that they have is they're sifting through resumes and they're just trying to find a candidate. That's not like not walking the walk, talking the talk, not bullshitting them. So they interview and what men do is we're just great interviewers. We just go in there. We interview amazingly, but the problem is that we're interviewing at seven different places. Mm. Right? So then the women is fine. Like I'm going to give this person the job and you're like, okay, well I'll take the job half committed, like you were saying, keeping your options open still. And you never learn anything from that job or that job experience because you never committed to it, Mm. but you're committed to the interview process. And it's just, there's this, there's this little kind of moment where it's, they're sick and tired of getting screwed over by, you know, hiring somebody and them not doing the job successfully. And men were just so addicted to this idea of applying at so many different places and never actually committing to any job, just liking all of the jobs and interviewing really well, which is this like rapid dating style of just like interview, 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 date, 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 date. And you're never actually taking any jobs. But at the interview, what are we saying at the interview? A lot of the times we're selling bullshit at the interview. You're saying, I'd love to work here. I'd love to, what are we saying in those interviews? Mm-hmm. Right? Just don't interview if you're not going to take the job. Mm. There's so many things that are coming up for me as you speak on this. And the, one of the biggest things I hear is that we are being interviewed. And when you think of going to an interview for a business, you are trying to make sure that you are showing the best version of you, right? The best possible version of you. And I think that to a level that's important, but I think what's more important is who are you authentically 
and fully and is that who you're bringing to the table because the facade will be seen through and in a lot of cases the interview will see that they'll see you're trying too hard they'll see you're trying to sell yourself too much they'll see that you're trying to impress too much and they'll rush start to recognize you're very, being very inauthentic and they won't bring you on board they won't hire you because they're where we're i find we're transitioning uh or maybe we have been for a while and i'm just realizing it but it's more about do you know who you are or are you trying to decipher that through the dating of this person are you trying to get them to tell you who you are before you know who you are? And I think that's the interesting part is that when you go to a job, you're hoping the job will define you because you haven't defined yourself yet. But if you walked into that interview defined through you, for you, by you, none of it would matter. Whether you, even if whether you got the job or not wouldn't matter because you've, you know who you are. So you're just continuing authenticity, authenticity, highest self, fullest self, best self, the person you know you want to be and can be but we just haven't figured that out first. I find that a lot of men I talk to don't know who they are. And so I'm victim to that. When I grew up, I was I probably unconsciously, no, for sure unconsciously, hoping that I would find that out through the person I'm dating. So they would show me that. And that happens still, even if I know truly, they're still gonna show me parts of myself. But if, if I'm walking in authentic, then I don't have to keep up any position through the whole relationship. Like you said, if you constantly buying dinners at the beginning, maybe that's because you, like you often refer to as if you've invited them out or you said, come out to dinner with me, then it, you know, you're obviously paying for the dinner. You, it's implied. you yeah, it's implied, right? But if you began the whole situation with, Hey, like, how do you feel about, you know, splitting the bill today or something like that, depending on the situation, it's like, what are what facade are you trying to put up? And the problem with that is you have to now uphold that. And if you stop that, they're like, who is this person? problems start to arise because the person you presented is not actually who you are. And so it slowly diminishes and you feel like, okay, you're in a relationship. Now I can try less or I can put less effort in because they already are here now. Um, and I'll just go back to whoever I was before I walked into that interview. And a lot of the work that like, you know, what you're talking about there, like that work that like, I got to try less and try a lot of the time that work comes from just holding up this facade. Mm -hmm. It's tiring because you're holding up a facade that you, I guess, indirectly or by accident put up and now every time you hang out with this person you're just like oh man like i'm not really it's not i can't it's not easy because i didn't show this person a real version of myself exactly. so it's hard like this is this work is hard some of the best relationships that i know are the ones that are like they're like man it's easy because i'm not i'm just who i am yeah i'm not putting I, up a I'm front not, i'm not trying like they know who i am I've, I've been clear about it up front and so when i show up it's not exhausting i don't feel like i have to like you know it's not interview mode you know, it's like you're showing up and you're just a little bit more relaxed and you're just like you because you know that you have the the you've told this person the truth. You know, you've been mm -hmm. honest about who you are. It's tiring when you're holding up a facade, man. It's so tiring. And a facade is usually like something that I find it represents something external. I find that when we're putting up a facade, it's something that's not that's outside of us. And it's not something that was within within us. So when we're expressing authentically, we're showing our character. We're, we're representing our character. And what we've built in our character. If we haven't built that, it will be, it will show. If we have built that, it will show. They're very obvious things that show up. And that's the same thing. Like when you get into a relationship and things go, you know, over time, it's uh, going back to your, co your comment about having to be perfect, right? Feeling you have to be perfect to get into that relationship. And not only that, but getting into the relationship, feeling like you are perfect, realizing you're not, that I think is where a lot of, a lot of hiccups come to. And it's about growing into this mindset that, we are all imperfectly perfect. No one is perfect. 
we are all imperfect and that's okay. Mm-hmm. We need to accept that fact that all humans are that way and including men. Men listening and um, paying attention here, you'll never be that perfect. It'll be a constant journey of you just discovering more and more about yourself. And that won't end until the day you die. So if there's a constant journey of self-discovery, that means that achieving this idea, which it is just an idea, will never happen. So it's just about the process. And we hear that a lot, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing about it, but it is. It's about the process and being willing to do that with another person and allowing them to see those sides of you. I think as men, we don't like them to see that side because it's weak and or it's not who I was before or I should be stronger or I should achieve more. And it's the process. You have roller coasters today without a relationship. What makes you think they're going to stop when they're in a relationship? Mm-hmm. It keeps happening. Yeah. And like to kind of tie that loop in the, in the conversation, we kind of went, you know, we opened it up. You know, we talked about, you know, our struggles and some of the things that we're thinking in our mind and what's going on and um, kind of the back and forth between what women are expecting of us and what we expect of, of women. But to kind of tie a loop there is ultimately businesses don't only hire people because of their job description or because of their resume. And that's the kind of big takeaway for me was that like this idea that you're going to be perfect. Just if you like the business and you like what they're doing, apply and see, let them make the decision, you know, and you'll often find that companies, women, they are about finding the right person and they'll, you can grow into the role. You can, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can, they're, they're okay with the flexibility of you showing up with who you are, with the ambition of wanting something with them and wanting to grow with them and that kind of thing. So for me, what it really just showed is that, you know, I had to debunk a couple things. One, um, the, the struggle of thinking that dating was wrong. Um, and I still don't really know where I stand on it exactly in terms of like culturally, like, you know, I think that for me, I think dating is important to understand somebody before you, you know, make a longer commitment. Um, this idea that like, you know, dating someone or being in a relationship would slow me down from achieving my goals. And then the last thing was just that thing of being perfect, this feeling that like I couldn't date because I'm not ready. I'm not the person I have all these goals. Like I, I, there's, I guarantee hopefully next year I'm going to be better than this version I am this year, you know? So I'm just, you're like you said, it's a process. I'm always going to be better. So in 2021, I'm going to be like, nah, wait till 2022. And then in 2022, I'm going to be like, nah, 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 nah. Wait till 2023. Like there is no right answer. Right. Mm -hmm. But that whole entire time you're alone Mm -hmm. and you've eliminated the ability to grow with someone, you know? So those are the things I'm trying to be more mindful of now. It's like, okay, well, how long do I want to just be doing this thing on my own? And how long do I, you know, want to close that gap of getting to a point where now I'm perfect. And then even if you think about it from the opposite perspective, if you are perfect and now I'm dating you, I feel like I, there's no room to grow with you. Oh, and you feel the pressure of feeling also the need to be perfect. Right? It's like, oh, this person's so perfect and now they've chosen to date me. It's like, man, that's tough on them too. You know, it's like, oh, there's no room to grow with you. There's no, I feel like I got to hold up my facade now because, you know, there's just, it loses the ability to be authentic. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of, I was reading this book mindset the other day and there was a, they were talking about how NASA used to hire and the way that they hired was not based on their ability to achieve high results and high test scores. It was about their ability to fail and come back and be resilient. That's how they hired. So they had nothing to do with what they actually achieved. It was about their level of perseverance. That's how they hired. And so that's pretty much this concept here is, are we being perseverant in that space? And are we being able to bounce back and being able to know that the achievement isn't really the, the concept it's about the growth and our uh, mindset towards that. And 
it reminded me of something I, I really believe in is if you're going to get into a relationship, then you have to be willing to not only love the person they are in front of you now, but to love all of the people they become through the process. Cause they won't be the same person six months from now or a year from now, even tomorrow, there'll be a slightly different version because every day we're changing and growing. So you have to walk in with the understanding that I love you, who you are today. And I will learn to love all of the people you become. That's being willing to like have that growth in that relationship. So with the concept of relationships, there's going to be a lot more to come. The premise and the purpose of today's episode is to just open the door and to let you all into our experience with relationships a little bit and where we stand now and how we want to do or how we want to see it and do it moving forward. But there's so many intricacies into relationships. There's so many different topics. There's so many things that we'll end up talking about in the future uniquely in their own specific episodes. So if you feel like there's things missing from this, there is, and there's a purpose to that. So uh, we'll get to more of that. But where we want to start focusing on with all the new year still is, you know, where do we go from here? With everything that's happened in lockdown and quarantine, what happens now? Because life is different. Life is a lot different right now. A lot of us listening are still in lockdown, are still in quarantine. Uh, I think Toronto, we're at stay at home state still. And so it puts a whole different element on A, if you're in a relationship, how are you managing that? And B, if you're single, how are you managing that? What do you want to do? So, uh, Anwar, you're single. What, where do you stand with that all? Like, what is your plan? Do you have a plan? Do you have a goal? Are you online dating? Are you just chilling? Like, where, where do you land with it right now? I think right now as like, you know, with the whole stay at home order and kind of just trying to keep distance and stuff like that, I think that it's very natural for just to kind of go how I was going. Um, stay focused on, I, I love this expression of, you know, focus on yourself until the focus is on you. And I think that sometimes in life when you're trying to see something or trying to seek something that's out of your control, um, the best thing to do is just kind of turn the mirror back on yourself and just keep focusing on yourself. That will ultimately always serve you as the best version. When we get to back to dating, who am I going to be? You know, when... I'm in front of that person that I'm interested in. Hopefully I've done enough of focusing on myself so that I can show up to that conversation with a lot more power, um, a lot more, you know, confidence. So for me right now, it's kind of just laying low, but I'm, I'm turning corners. You know, I'm starting to like, I've, I've kind of shed that idea that, you know, trying to get to where I'm going to get to where I need to get to then start dating. I'm kind of over all of that. Uh, my door is wide open at this point. You know, it's, I'm conscious, I'm aware of, you know, the opposite sex. I'm, I, I'm moving with intention. You know, if the right person comes across my, my space, I'm willing and able to kind of have that conversation. I want to have that conversation. I, I think I'm more open than I've ever been. Um, I think online dating is interesting. I think online dating is super interesting. I've tried it. Um, mm. I think that it's like, what it does is it creates a little bit more, um, well, right now we feel like we're desperate. I, I'm not an online dating guy, right? Like for me, I, I'm, I'm trying to pick up on the vibes. Like yeah. I need to see you. I'm, I'm trying to like, page. you know, I want to pick up on the vibes, but here's the problem. When you live in Toronto and you walk the same circles, your vibe is your same circle. You're not exposed to any other vibes, right? What about the vibe that's happening so far from where you're at that could align with what you're doing? I feel like online dating opens that whole thing up. Mm. You know, it opens up the... Um, you got to do a little bit more work. You got to do a little bit more work. Like you got to try to create trust, trust over an online portal. Um, I think that the world is more open to online dating. I just think I love the variety that you can get from online dating, you know, versus uh, I live on this corner 
I, I do this route every single day. Now the only vibes I could catch are in that route, really, mm. unless I force myself out of those out of those boxes, you know. So it's very limiting sometimes. Um, but I would love to just kind of connect with someone like on a, and the online dating world kind of doesn't 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 resonate with me because right now you can't even meet someone online and then go out and catch a vibe with them, because there's nowhere to do it. Right. You know, and so it's like if you're even gonna try to have a a more, you know open your variety up but I still need to feel that vibe so I know earlier in the in the episode you had mentioned you know that you were more of a serial dater yes sir. that you that you dated more frequently and that you thought that that kind of was a way for you to learn about yourself in that in, in that kind of you know they will tell you who you want to be and then you'll take the information and kind of move on to the next relationship um, did, was there certain pressures that you felt as a man in those relationships or like certain expectations that were outside of your relationship, maybe external? Was there any kind of pressures did you find? Yeah, it definitely changed with each and every relationship that I was in. Uh, to touch on what he, what I mean by a serial dater is, uh, I was probably starting in grade five or six where I was actively pursuing the opposite sex. Um, I remember, you know, kisses in the playground and like being around, like, it was just what I did. I was in that moment. It just felt like, okay, time for a relationship. Like I was so young and I was in relationships. Well, I mean, I don't know if you can call them relationships at that age, but I was with people, let's say having those, you know, classic after school circle gathering, watch people kiss moments. That was, I was the, I was the middle of the circle. <laughs> Such an opposite experience. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was, that was me. And so ever since then, I remember it really flourishing in junior high where I really started to get into relationships and I was always seeking one and I never really realized why I just knew that I was seeking a relationship and that I wanted to be with someone. And as I grew up and as I got older, one of the things that I learned before I talk about the expectations is that I wanted a relationship for those moments of trying to understand myself better, but I took it to an extremist level where I wasn't really ever alone then. So I wasn't giving myself an opportunity to learn from myself and what I could accomplish from myself and my independence and whatnot. I was always with somebody else. What I also didn't understand was how to do that with somebody if I wanted to. How do I grow with somebody there? Uh, I always felt like you had to be that same person. And so I think that's one of the expectations I felt was that in the specific relationships I was in, if I grew or did something too different, then they wouldn't love me anymore or they wouldn't be with me anymore. And so an expectation that I placed on myself unspokenly was that that's just inevitably what happened. They would leave you. Now that comes from, you know, my own struggles with self-worth growing up and whatnot, but that was an expectation that I felt was in the world and I was just kind of embodying without actual any communication. So it was a story I was creating for sure. So that was one of the biggest ones I felt like I noticed was that expectation. And then also the breadwinner conversation. Mm -hmm. That one was huge. I felt like I had to be. And I also felt like I wasn't capable of being. So I fought, it, I fought even harder to be. 
that was an interesting one for me where I constantly felt like I was trying to, but I had fallen into a hole a long time ago that I couldn't, couldn't get myself out of. And so I just felt like I was getting there, but I wasn't. And there was still this perspective of me that we, there was never a conversation. Again, it was just mostly stories that I was creating. And even the breadwinner conversation is something that oftentimes is a story. Uh, it's a classic traditional story, but it's not really the modern day story anymore. And nor should it be. And so if you want that, I mean, no judgment, I power to however your relationship dynamic works. But, you know, I definitely think that for me, I grew or had to start to learn how to grow. And this is something I still struggle with is that you are not less of a man if there is mutual investment from both sides and that you don't have to do the full providing for and if you don't want to, right? It does exist a lot now where um, females are breadwinners in a way. Females are the main financial providers. But I think it. what I didn't understand was that you could provide in different ways. So I felt like if I wasn't providing financially, then I wasn't providing at all. Mm-hmm. Even though I was loving, I, I thought, and kind and generous and, you know, all giving. But even when you when you feel that strain of like you're not doing what you're supposed to, then the rest is affected, even though you're doing it. So if I was giving love, it would come in my own mind with some level of different energy. It was almost inauthentic because I was like, well, you're not you know, performing. So now you're just compensating. You know, you're just compensating because you haven't figured it out financially. And it was just an interesting, but none of it was real. And I think that's what I never really understood was that me trying to be the breadwinner was every, all of that whole time was happening in my own head. Mm-hmm. There was nothing else. Ha- there was no one telling me I wasn't doing it. It was what I was telling myself. So I constantly fought with myself about it. I constantly felt the pressure and it stressed me out all the time. And that desire, that need, I felt like it was a need almost like you're a man. You are the provi- main big financial provider. You're a man, you provide. And, uh, yeah, I just try to provide in other ways, I guess, as best as I could. But the stress of not providing in that way was something I felt for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of men struggle with that. Mm. That might be the biggest. That might be the biggest one, you know, in terms of this idea of pressure from the outside force. Um, on the contrary, we see how happy women are when there is that feeling of like, you know provider you know that it doesn't come from nowhere Mm -hmm. you know we make it seem like this pressure comes from that we see how women react to Mm -hmm. being fully taken care of and we just want to be able to do that for a woman you know like that is we're not making things up we see how women react to a dude with six packs and a big chest and a big bicep we see the reaction so it's more so people think that we've come up with these things on our own we have not Mm. we think that attracting you is associated to X, Y, and Z sometimes. Mm. And we think that we can't pursue you if we don't have X, Y, and Z in place. Mm-hmm. Right? And that euphoric excitement that we're seeing in women and, you know, that like, wow, that, that man went up to her, he talked to her, she must, you know, look at his big muscles or look at this or look at that. Those are the things that kind of play in our own mind. We just think that if we don't have those things, then like shut it down until you do. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's this... We're also maybe just trying to seek attention in our own way. And I think that for men, sometimes the easiest way to seek attention, we've found success in two camps. We've gotten a lot of reward systems for looking the part. You know, you were talking in a previous episode of, you know, when you were coming into that bodybuilding body, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of accolades came with that. Right. A lot of comments came with that. Some people get married to that. 
they get married to those compliments they get married to that attention mm-hmm. and the other one is money ain't no thing don't worry about it mm-hmm. got it paid for got it don't worry about it and when you find reward when you get your reward system is caught up in those two things and the reaction of the opposite sex that who we all are just trying to you know mm-hmm. attract into our life is caught up in those things then we start feeling like less than because man could i get that girl and we start playing the settling game because we think that we know we can't get that or we can't do that if we don't have things. Mm-hmm. Um, so Another expectation that you actually just mentioned um, was that I felt like I had to look a specific way to be dateable. And that was one of the fueling fires of my like journey with that is um, you're too skinny now. You know, you're becoming an adult. You're too skinny. Something's got to change. So I, that was one of the driving forces behind me starting to work out. It wasn't just the desire to be fit and to stay active. It was, um, you need bigger muscles. And that was so wrong. Cause the problem with that mindset is that that's all I'm ever pursuing now. And I mentioned this in the last episode. Now I'm thinking that I'll never get to that point. Cause once you get in the world, you're never good enough. There's always somebody that looks better and that maybe that person might be attracted to as well. But it was, it was never really like a conversation. No one said I had to have those muscles ever in my relationships. No one said you need to be that way. They appreciated the fact that I was, and I think that's what I got a little attached to was mm-hmm. that they appreciated that fact that I was built in a muscular way. And therefore I attached to that and allowed that to define what I should focus on rather than the character behind the muscle. And it was just, yeah, it was an interesting journey for sure. I think that that's, I think that's common from my understanding is that a lot of guys feel less than because they're not fit um, or they don't look a specific way. And, you know, um, a lot of magazine covers and uh, stereotypical visions of guys of, you know, buff and muscular and stuff uh, is I think a cool way of maybe motivating to say, Hey, maybe your body could do this, but Uh, the conversation I think just needs to be more directed, which I wish it was for me where it's just, you know, do you feel good in your own body? Mm -hmm. Which is, I know is a universal thing, but for me as a man, I definitely felt that expectation. And if you don't like the thing is the crazy part about the expectation thing too, is if you don't want to fill that facade, then find someone that doesn't care about that facade. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's options. There's, there's, there's so many different people in this world. It's if you're chasing, you know, a certain person that is into those things, and you don't like the expectations of that lifestyle, then stop. It's like you're, you're self-sabotaging at that point. You know what I mean? You don't care about the facade. You're trying to carry it out because of other people. And it just goes back to that self-awareness. If you're not that person, don't be that person. You know, go chase someone that is a little bit more, has the same values as you, cares about the same things as you, mm-hmm. is more open to the idea of growth. doesn't care how you look like now and is ultimately just there to kind of you know, join your plan and you can join hers. Mm -hmm. You guys can help each other get to where you're trying to get to find a partnership that looks like that versus chasing someone who is only, they like you because of the facade that you put on. And now you got to be faced with the, do I like the facade for myself? Mm. Some people who like that facade and they're they're, They don't feel that pressure. It's not pressure to them. I find it, it definitely, um, dies out over time that facade or that vision of like, that's the facade you want. That'll die. Uh, and if, especially if it's not upheld, then you'll just go find somebody else who's putting up a stronger facade. That makes more sense. Um, yeah, it's definitely not lasting by any means. Uh, but I think like on the contrary for us as a guy on the opposite side of the spectrum, seeking women, I think what I've learned to value is less of 
Um, I obviously need to feel attracted to them is a huge component of, of our relationship, but what I value most and I hope that they would value in return is just someone who takes care of themselves. That's it. As long as you take care of yourself, then that means I don't have to take care of you for you in a way. Right now you're going to support each other, of course, and give each other guidance and feedback and things, um, and push each other to grow. But, um, you know, I value someone who takes care of themselves, and I hope that that would be in a physical way because physical movement on some level of fitness is important to our, vit- our vitality. So I would hope that the person I'm with values that as well, whether it's working out, spin running, doesn't matter. Right. As long as there's a level of like, I'm doing this to take care of myself is really what I think the component is. And on the flip side as well, if I stop taking care of myself in that way, then I hope that they value it enough to bring it up. And that's what we value in each other. Less about, Hey, like your muscles are looking a little small. You should go hit the gym. It's like, no, because once you start doing that, those kinds of things, you start to feel worse as a person, um, in your mind and your body. And you just start to feel allergic though. That's kind of what I learned to value. And then the, uh, what you're saying there too, just to piggyback, you're talking about the, you know, I don't want to take care of you kind of mentality of as long as you take care of yourself, um, I can support you. Um, or as long as they have a care for themselves, like they have a yeah. self care. Um, if they, you know, people fall off, adversity happens. That's where partnerships are great. You know, when you, I can kind of step in now, take care of you, get you back to where you were. Yeah. And then now you're in back in that control again. Like you're, you're in control of your own kind of, um, your own life. Um, and if you fall off, I'm here for you. I'll catch you, get you back on track. As long as I got to take care of you to get you back to where you need to be, I'm here for you. But on the contrary, there's as men, women don't want to take care of us either in the sense that like you've neglected all these things that let's say your mom were doing for you when you were younger, you've Mm. put all your investment into like making the money and doing all these things and being jacked, but you have no, you understand nothing about the baseline of like the intricacies of being in a dynamic relationship, which ultimately just means you show up and you only have, you don't know how to do these things. So therefore she has to do those things. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately those things are a little bit pigeonholing, right? Cause if you show up and you, you've been cooking, you've been cleaning, you've been doing all of those things, then th- those tasks don't get put onto her mm-hmm. cause you've been doing them too. So you guys can share those, those mm-hmm. duties, right? We get out of these gender roles that we've kind of like, you know, have been subscribed to. But when there's a lot of men out there that have only been focusing on certain things, now their partnership or who they seek out is becoming that. You're seeking out someone who is going to take care of you in those ways. And then that's that unnecessary pressure that's put onto her in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Right. And then she's like, okay, well, I have to do this. I have to do that. And I'm okay with doing these things because I've been good at them or I've done them for a while. But, you know, I don't want to be the main responsibility of these things. Like, you know, so it's on both ends. Like you need to be able to fully take care of yourself wholeheartedly, rounded all the roles. Um, and then when you join forces, it's like, you guys can all do it. You know, you, you all can do everything. It's just who needs to do what at what time. And now we're just kind of picking and choosing, you know, mm-hmm. if you make more financial money, cool. If she makes more financial money, cool. Now you just switch roles. You know what I mean? You play what you got to play. Um, but there's a lot of people that show up and they just don't have, they just don't have any of the other skills. Mm-hmm. They show up with very limited skills and they're expecting the other person to have the skills that they don't have. Now we're in the general conversation. Yeah. Which ultimately creates like a codependency, like a really strong that like dependency. I depend on you for this. And if you're not there, it won't happen. It won't get done. I won't do it. I won't accomplish it if it wasn't for you. And that's a really dangerous space to get into for relationships is, um, I'm not happy. So I find you to make me happy, which makes my happiness reliant on you and not myself. And yeah, it cultivates a lot of tension in that space and you're never like dependent on yourself. But I, what I think I didn't know is that I could create my independence also while being in a relationship. Like I felt like I had to find that first wholeheartedly and perfectly 
again, the word perfect in order to feel like I could get in there because that's what I felt like they wanted is that perfectly independent guy who doesn't rely on anything self-sufficient. but self-sufficient. And um, I felt like I was, that actually pressured me to not reach out in certain situations because I felt like, okay, got to push through, got to push through because if I can push through this, then I can prove that I am self-sufficient. Um, which I still find is a struggle for a lot of men. I'll ask, you know, how they're doing, how they're going. Uh, and it'll just be a conversation of it's, it's all good. I got it. Right. And it's, it's less about like the conversation of I got it. And it's more about like, what is the need for you to feel that you need to be self-sufficient here? Like, is it proving independence to yourself, to your partner, to your future? Like there is an element of that, but we're programmed for connection and I might be going off in a different direction here, but it's just the codependency and the, the reliance on other people. The way that I see relationships is for anybody listening, if you clasp your hands together um, and hold them in like a big fist uh, and then just kind of move it forward and backward, that is what a relationship is often look like. It's this very intermingled one unit. Okay. You come together, you clasp hands, you're together forever. And this is like this, um, this really intimate, deeply connected space, which is beautiful. The problem with this is um, you, there's no originality here. There's no uniqueness here anymore. It's just you and them as one. We do this. We do that, right? Do things together. That's beautiful. But is there any uniqueness in your space? Now separate your hands, hold them um, in front of you, just slightly separate from each other. And now move that back and forth. This is you choosing to do life beside them, but you're still over here as you. You're still unique. You're still pursuing your own life. You're still pursuing your own goals. You're growing. You're living your life because your life's not dependent on that person. Your life is dependent on your ability to pursue life. So you are basically choosing to go through life beside each other, not necessarily interlocked as one unit and that you grow only as one and never on your own. Hope that made sense for everybody that's listening at home. Hopefully, maybe you'll see the video, maybe you won't, but uh, that's kind of how I, I have viewed relationships in the last couple of years. No, that's great. I love that, that, that finding, that keeping that originality because ultimately the one thing that resonates with me the most is that we were attracted to each other when we were doing our own thing. Mm-hmm. That's how we got here in the first place. So if I forget who that person is, then what happened, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it's your life still too. Your life is still involved, um, but you don't have to have it all figured out to get into a relationship. So to finish up the podcast, you know what it is. This is CK with another PQ for you for next week's episode. Do you think men value EQ more than IQ or vice versa? And why? Why do you think that is? Think about it. Tell us next week. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. If you haven't yet, please download, subscribe, leave a review. But most importantly, if you took any value out of this episode or you enjoyed this episode, please post and share with your close family and friends. You can follow us at our online IG account, which is at Modern Masculinity. Make sure the C is a K. Remember, we're trying to represent the mask that men wear. So at Modern Masculinity Podcast. You can also follow us on our private socials. Mine is at Coach Kyle Rushton. And mine is Anwar Ahmed Four, And uh, any kind of post share that you do helps us kind of build this community one listener at a time. So we appreciate um, all your efforts. 
And remember, we're here with you. And we are standing tall beside you in this arena of misunderstood masculinity. Until next time. <laughs>